I don't care enough. I don't either. Why don't you care, though? Why would I? Hmm. Okay. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say that, like, you know, working that that schedule isn't that just kind of a an introduction to the culture. And I mean, our culture, the, all the small businesses have a day of rest, like, like a little. No, no, I care about a day of rest. I, I, I don't care if people work on Sunday. Right. Yeah, I don't care either because if they're heathens and they're not invested in the same things that I'm interested I mean, in, even if a Christian did. I mean, what? Who is it? John Thompson. He works on Sunday. He works on Sundays a lot of times. I'm not going to go and tell him, man, you should not be working Absolutely on Sunday. Not. I no. just don't care. John well, Thompson is probably more godly than I will ever be. I think it comes down to Christian liberty. Okay. There you go. But then, how do you balance that with like what we were talking about maybe earlier, forsaking the assembly and things like that? How do you balance? Oh, well, it? no, forsaking assembly is for people like you, Jay. Introverts. Okay. Okay, for you it's exhausting to be here. Yeah. That's why you can't come on Sunday school. Now, if you didn't come at all for the same That's reason you don't go to right. Sunday school, now you're forsaking. Okay. But you don't do that. No, you forsook forsook Sunday school. But to me, Sunday school is extra. It's just Sunday yeah, school. I'm, man. I'm, I'm I graduated. I have a bachelor's degree. You are go to school anymore. <laughs> you are trying to be around the brethren, which is something True. you are supposed to do, even yes. though it's exhausting. And you're not the only person it's exhausting to. There are many people that are drained by going to church and being around the believers, but that's why that verse is there. Sure. I just view, I view the investment, like I see Jeremy here all the time, and I know you just teach Sunday school. I know you do that. I know Adam does uh, some chapel, things like that. I just, I view that. I'm like, how? Like, I don't even, I can't fit. I feel like I'm already jammed up with too many things in my schedule. So it kind of. it's going to change a lot more for me when my marriage continues to develop. So you had you had more availability pre prior marriage, right? Now marriage has become the priority for you. So there's going to be less uh, availability's there. Availability comes and goes. That's not necessarily the key. I think the key is priority. Okay. So for Jeremy, his priority has changed as well it should. It's changed to being focusing more on spending time with his wife. God even acknowledges this. I think it's Paul acknowledged it. I think so too. Right. Absolutely. Matter of fact, if you don't do that, then you're not qualified to be a preacher. Self, family, community, state. I don't, like we were talking about. Remember when Pastor did the whole ready to teach thing? Yeah. I don't think you're ready to teach if you can't. Your home's not right. There you go. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's specifically mentioned in. Um, Timothy, right? When we're talking about the elders in the church and people in the church. So my friend Edward, you know him. Edward. He is on the verge of forsaking the assemblies. Okay? He wants to do it. He has kind of done it. He's trying to, but he can't all the way. All right? So, oh, sorry. I didn't mean That's why he's got me, to influence him positively. Positively. Hmm? I think you're doing a good job with that. I'm trying. He's no, a stubborn. I think you're Mexican. doing good. You've got. He's now almost came, for. Now he's doing two services. No, he's come on Wednesday. No, he's he's fairly regular. He's already told me he's not coming tonight because he's a little pumped. But he can. He's but he came the week before he, he came Sunday morning. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's that's a huge progress for him. I hope so. We'll see. It has I'm to be consistent for it to be progress. That's where that's exactly where I'm at with it. Now, it needs to be consistent. I know people, and I'm curious to see what you guys think. I know people that say, I'm already, I think it's a bad idea, but they won't go to church if their home's not right. I do that. 
There has okay. been many times. Now, I'm not talking about just one in, one incident, one time. I'm talking about that's your reason you don't go to church Ever? at all. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. Like if you like, like is your how 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 long does your home stay not right? Are you exactly. just letting it be that way? Yeah. That seems. I know. I. You that think seems it's excuse, funny, but yeah. I know one person I've been working on for almost two years now who will not come to church because he thinks his home's not in order. I go to church to get right. To be quite honest, like. Uh, I, I do because coming to the assembly of God helps reset what I because I, I work in an extremely oh extremely stressful environment um, and I develop those I develop a mental problem like murder in my heart this type deal like, right we're not recording what, what is the we are recording this, this actually so, are we really yeah yeah just Honestly, because I felt like it would be a good forward. Okay. Um, kind of like unofficial Damn, forward. Start but, your camera. But um, not been in the mic, so. Dang it! He shot my nibble again. It's bro. recorded, bro. Oh. Yeah, that 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 was recorded. Uh, but part, but I mean, what I use church for is that reset button because I come into the assembly of Christ and I know that everybody else here has their own struggles going on, right? I know everybody else here, uh, especially like Wednesday night coming in and praying. It's just a reset button for me to say, I'm coming okay. back to the house but of worship. Okay, is it getting right or is it a reset? Because those aren't the same thing. It is. Well, it is. It is. It is the same thing for me because I don't view having murder in my heart as <laughs> you know yeah, just so no. But when you feel that, you so know Bible, it's wrong. The Bible talks about like right. um, leaving your gift at the altar and go making things right before. What? It, what? Before when is it? The what's the context of that? That's what you're talking about. If you have mm. murder you need to go settle that before you even come. What book is that mentioned in? Matthew. I think not the, not murdering your heart directly, but that's in that Sermon on the Mount. Leaving your gift on the altar. That's in Matthew? I think it is. Leaving your gift If you're altar. angry with your brother, right? Okay. If you have a, if you have something, let's let's it, it find that verse for me, but I think it's if you're angry with your brother, if you've wronged or your yeah. brother has wronged you before the okay. sun goes down. Uh, Matthew Chapter 5, verse 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver to thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. So, is it dead? Yeah, it's dead. Pure audio. Let's do it. So, but with that, that makes me think, like, um, getting things right before you come to church. I don't think that this is. It, it is something that you've done against somebody else, mm-hmm. right? So, like, a brother hath ought against you. But, uh, okay. but I also view it, I view it, too, as what's the reason? Like, if, for example, you talk to somebody and you're trying to get them saved. Where do you, hey, come to church with me. Hey, go to church, right? Because we view the church as the grounding place um, of the assembly where we refresh, we reconnect, we get our minds right, and then we go back out. 
Um, even if it's even if it's a simple, even if it's not like a oh heart rending, heart rousing, it doesn't have to be that for me. I'm not in it for the um, the feelings, right? I'm not a woman. I'm not in it for the feelings. But I do, it is a supplemental benefit right. that I'm not forsaking the assembly, but I am resetting, right? Well, so because let's talk about forsaking the assembly then. Okay. Let's do Listen, that. I mean, you were this talking. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Joe Rogan's podcasts don't have intros. They don't. Nope. Um, he just starts talking. And maybe maybe that's something we could incorporate. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit more editing for you, Jeremy. That's but it's we is it we, more editing? we honestly really. have better discussions off camera when off we're just camera talking than we do. Yeah, mm. and we can monetize it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've seen several podcasts do that, but I'm just having. I'm having okay. Fun. So here's here's where I'm at. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to keep on throwing stuff at you because you're just a big target. So this okay, is the Jay? episode, and we're in the ridiculously large target. You're a big target. All right. Yeah. You're talking about how when you when you want a friend of yours to get saved, you invite them to church. I don't. I no. It's it's a it's a step in the right direction. I talk to them about Jesus Christ. That's what that's I'm the saying. First step. If yes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Not like, hey, you should definitely go to church. Well, why? Right. What are you going to do with church? Right. Like that. That's You're, that's backwards to me. Right. Like church has become okay. This is how and where you get saved. Right. No. No. That's not. not what it was ever meant to be. I completely agree. But for example, there's in. There's a local, not local, it's a huge real estate firm. It's Keller Williams. They basically have a selling tactic called 10 touches, right? To get somebody to connect with you, buy your product, anything like that, you literally have to touch them about 10 times if it's a cold open. Now, if it's one of your friends, they say, if it's somebody you know, a local connection, it's about seven touches. I view it, the, and I, God forgive me if it's blasphemy, but I do believe that what we're supposed to do as Christians is we are trying to quote unquote and God forgive me um, we are trying to convince people that our belief system or our way of thinking is correct um, we're trying to get pe- and but not only that salvation isn't a product it's a solution to a problem right we're pre- presenting a solution to a problem that's free right Free gift from God, um, and and again, God forgive me for putting it in our mortal terms, but I do view it as there is a little bit of convincing and persuasion that happens, but not on our own side, right? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who essentially convinces this, and puts it on the This heart. is where I'm at with yeah. it, right? Right. Because, and I don't know um, necessarily, because like if we look at biblical um, examples of trying to reach people with the word of God. We can go all the way back to the prophets and none of them had any interest in listening to what the prophets had to say almost every time, right. almost every time. They had to do outlandish things. And they and did. And think Wild about this. stuff, man. You could, based on your condition, you weren't allowed to come into synagogues right. to worship. Right. Right. Well, that's a good point too. But the problem is I don't know how much effort I'm going to put in to try to convince somebody of how much they need Christ. I've done it in the past. I the think that's, problem that's is, the Spirit's job. The problem is, is that I'm good at it. That's the problem. Okay? I'm good at convincing people of stuff. I can do it. I'm pretty good at it. But a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Hmm. Um, how many times have you seen somebody, how many times have I knocked on somebody's door, convinced them that they need to get saved, and never seen them again? Right. What, what what was accomplished there? Maybe a fake 
um, security get, now. Get off of my doorstep. Or, or it was like, a, oh, wow, that makes sense. I'm going to go ahead and do that and add Jesus to the pile of gods I have in my worship room. <laughs> like, I don't know that that what was accomplished there was what was intended. It requires the Holy Spirit. It doesn't require right. Adam's ability to sell. True. But you were the touch, right? You were, you, you were the touch that started it. Because think about how many times somebody has to get told, hey, like you need to get saved. Hey, what you're doing is wrong. Why is it wrong? Because of Jesus, right? But what if, what if forsaking the, the gathering, or what is it, forsaking the, the assembling? Okay, is that actually talking about church though? Yeah. Or is that just talking about? Let's look up the verse. Gathering That's us kind of together, right? anyways. Okay, so church, the the term church literally assembly. means assembly. Yeah. So when it says um, Hebrews chapter ten. Uh, verse 25, well, 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, J, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So assembling is very, it's, it is the same exact word as church, but like the point is not the church. The point is the assembling together. I think that's probably why it was interpreted as assembling instead of church, not forsaking the church, mm-hmm. as not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But what is, again, what is, we have our modern perspective on church, but church throughout the ages, I, I would just like to put the inverse out there, that church throughout the ages has simply been the gathering. That is Christians. exactly correct. Right. So it could be in a house, it could be out under a tree, it that could is be exactly at the right. street corner. It's simply the gathering of believers together, the actual assembly together. What And that assembly, I think, would be also predicated upon the assumption that we're talking about Jesus Christ. So the verse, actually yes. gives us, the verse actually gives us a reason why we don't forsake the gathering. It says by exhorting one another. But exhorting one another. Because you need it. Because you need it. That's exactly right. That's why we don't forsake the gathering of the assembly. So this is the way that I saw. So for there was a time I took in between leaving where I was and coming here that I didn't go to church. And that was right. the first time in my life, my entire life that I truly forsook the assembling together. Okay? And I rethought everything about what I believe about church, what it is and why it's important to go. Everything. So I took everything onto the table, chopped it up and made sure made sure it was worth keeping. And here's what it came down to. Church is like a car meet. Huh. That's an extremely carnal way to put it, but yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Let's call it. It's like a car meet. Um, It's like a gun show. It's like Comic-Con. Let me me ask you this. No, shut up. (laughs) No, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me. It's like an expo. It's like an expo. You guys have all been to a gun show. Why why, why, Why did you go to that gun show? I don't like gun shows. Jeremy, cooperate. okay, old style, old style gun show, eighties gun show. To look okay. at guns, I mean, to look at guns. Yeah. Why would to you buy, go to buy f- useful tools? To, to buy guns, okay. <laughs> to look at guns. That's where I would go to a gun show too. Do you know why I would go to a car meet? For cars. To look at cars, cars. because I like cars. I'm interested in cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go. Do you to know why some people want to go to Comic Con? Because they're interested in comics. 
Well, what some, is church? Church is the assembling because of, the of Jesus. Right. The only right. reason that we're there is because we have this one special thing in common. Yep. Everybody has one thing in common at car meets. They all love cars. You're not going to a car meet unless you really love them. Right. You're not going to a gun show unless you really love guns. You're interested in that. Yeah. Well, the reason you go to church is because you have been born again and saved by Jesus Christ. That's why you go to Amen church. Amen to that. Amen to that. That's a huge... Well, But then also, too... In the absence of Christ, you see a misdirection or a loss of purpose and leadership. For example, when I went up to UF, I was part of a church that was basically video conferencing with um, Andy Stanley, right? And that was their church. It was called Anthem. It was a rock church. And it was I've been to one of those. Yeah. And it's basically just a, a 10 minute video presentation yep. on how to be better. It's like, and we had a we had a profound sense of loss of direction. Me and my wife were recently married. We're trying to do what God has established for our family, but when we went to that church because it was a recommendation from somebody, um, we lost our sense of direction. We we felt like we did not belong. We felt like it was pointless to go, and so we stopped going. But we felt like, oh man, we're not going to find a church, and then. It felt I felt so terrible because three months before we left Gainesville, we found a Bible-believing, God-fearing church, and we integrated. We we walked in, and we felt purpose. We felt continuity. We felt like we were in the presence of believers that were believing in God, and I, I felt so bad because three months later, we got a job, and it, it pained me to leave that church, to leave that assembly because of the connection and the family that we had found. So I think I just wanted to add on to your point there that your, your church— has to be focused on Christ. Otherwise, it's yes, purposeless. Sir. Well, see, I've been to one of those churches before. Um, I even, um, I was an active part of a non-denominational church for probably two years. And I learned a lot through that experience. And here's one thing I've learned is that some churches are meant to make you feel stuff. That's yep. their whole point. Matter yep. of fact, a lot of churches, and it's not just non-denominationals, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, Emotionalism. And yeah, it's about emotions, about feeling your emotions, and that's what church many, is about. It's not necessarily tend... about crisis. Christ is used as another way to get you to feel, and the church is an, an experience that you feel, mm-hmm. and therefore you're going to keep it going. But it leaves people like Jay and Haley Dempsey feeling very empty and yeah. lost and misguided because what do they need? They need the truth of the Word of God. They need the grace and love of Jesus Christ shown to them from the context of Scripture. Because without that context, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. That's why this podcast is so important. That's why the name Cherishing Scripture is so important, because that yes, is sir. what I cherish. And that's kind of why earlier, I'm, I'm going to let you speak here in a minute, Jeremy, I know. I just wanted to cut in. <laughs> it's all good. Um, it's almost like when I was talking about this is my reset place, is the world is basically like fallout to me. Like I'm dealing with radiation poisoning, right? I'm 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 walking around and I'm just getting angrier and angrier and poisoned and poisoned. And then I come back to church and this is my base. This yes, is my, sir. This That's is the way home. it's supposed to be. That's You're the right. way it's supposed to be. And so I'm not talking about oh I feel good coming to church and I feel the yes. love, oh the emotion, oh. No, I'm actually just deep, deep. I'm in an airlock. This is my this is my pure air airlock. Take a breath. It's a hydro, <gasps> hyperbaric chamber. Boom. Mm. And, then, we get and then to I'm, I'm the ready to go back tank. out yes, into the sir. wasteland. Yes, sir. It's good. That's that's all I wanted to put out there. I didn't. I was like trying to distance myself from the emotional generation. Um, right. Church. 
Jay cries every night. Yeah. Was, is in there, my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with coming to a church with emotion, but the problem is when you appeal to people's emotions, they make yes. decisions based off that emotion. I oh man, okay, it's market. So. It's a business. Mm. It becomes the church becomes a business. That's basic marketing 101. Appeal to an emotional need. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to mis hispanos amigos here. Okay, <laughs> I've gone to Spanish church since I was a kid. Um, my grandparents are missionaries to Mexico, so my mom was fluent in Spanish, and she always took me with her when she went to Spanish church, okay? I've seen a lot of Spanish preaching. I've seen a lot of Spanish preachers, and I've seen a lot of Spanish churches. Um, and I love them. They're great. They're just way more fun than white people churches. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm. They're way oh, yeah. more fun. Oh, yeah. And they've always got food, and the food is always amazing. However, they are easily swayed emotionally very easily i watched a man so um the last one i was in had an incredible pastor that was so wise and he was a powerful preacher and a powerful leader and people would would follow him to the ends of the earth kind of guy amazing pastor and he had a guest preacher for who knows what reason um and this man this man made it a campaign to get me to respond to his preaching. I knew because he couldn't stop looking at me and like talking to me directly. He's just pointing Unfortun- at yeah, the entire time. Unfortunately for him, he didn't realize who I was. And I don't respond to anything ever at all. Ever. Unless Heartless. I believe that it's true. That's me. Exactly. <laughs> but that's very, very should stubborn. Be. You shouldn't be responding to anything unless you know it to be true. Exactly. And all it was, I mean, the, dude, he preached for a long time, but his invitational time took four. Ever. It was forever, forever. man. Look, and my say, wife is playing piano, dude. And she's just playing and playing and playing and playing. Just and looking playing. over I will like, get oh. Adam to come to this altar. Yeah, that was his whole goal, man, it seemed like. He kept on looking at me and pointing at me and <laughs> telling me. Look, to I'm going to say this, too. I'm going to say this, too, and this is going to make some Baptists upset. But I think all this yelling and shouting these preachers do Absolutely. is just for emotion. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a waste of time. I'm going to send you a, a meme to put on the you podcast, really think Jeremy, that because I had one for that. And Jesus, and he might have in certain occasions, but did Jesus sit down and yell and scream yeah, and it's, jump? And, nope, he didn't. I, I, I highly doubt that he did. Okay? Not to mention... I know when he flipped the tables now, I know he you know, he, he did some crazy stuff. <laughs> this is, right? Oh, man. But listen, me. I think Baptist preachers shout... And yell while giving their messages just for emotion. Okay, yep. so so let's think yep. of psychologically. What keeps your attention? Why? Yes, right. Because what? Why they're is this saying, man yelling? Because there's what they're saying is not important enough to maintain my intention. Attention. <laughs> Listen, I heard. So I, when I went to homiletics class with um, Brent Stansel, he said Ooh, something man. that just made me so happy and made me laugh so hard. He said that he knows when about five minutes into whatever man's preaching, if it's going to be worth listening to or not. <laughs> and I was like, yup, yep, yup, that's exactly right. How many times have you're sitting there and you're like, five minutes in, you're like, oh my goodness, this man's going to go on for another 40 minutes right now. For another 40 minutes talking about yeah. repeating himself over and over and over and over again. If you have five minutes worth of sermon, finish it in five minutes. Yeah. Don't stretch it out. There's no rule saying how long your sermon what should be. Your, your words should be of applicable purpose. If your words are meaningful and valuable, those words will be recognized as meaningful and valuable mm. by people who are invested in the subject. Right. I was teaching chapel. 
I love teaching chapel. I love kids. I love teaching kids. Kids are so much more honest than adults, and that makes them way easier to teach. <laughs> it is way easier. I love it. Kids are <laughs> kids are amazing. They'll just tell me anything, even if it's rude. It's awesome. The, the first time I taught them, I taught them 11 verses. The second time I taught them, I taught them seven verses. And the third time was a whole chapter. Okay? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I was told one time, because, you know, I do that... It, the word of God is what's important to me. That's right. What's being said there. Mm-hmm. Not me trying to mansplain a single verse to somebody for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. One solitary verse. You don't need to sometimes. But I was told by a guy one time that, oh, yeah, when I started preaching, I used to preach out of a whole chapter, but now I preach only one verse and I can get two sermons out of it. That's not something to brag about. Okay, just because you know how to alliterate and extend something and tell stories and repeat something in different words does not make you a more effective preacher. Then all right. of a sudden you have to start standing on top of pews. Then all of a sudden you start have to start yelling because what you're saying is not that interesting. No. You know what's interesting to me? The Bible. The Bible and the and the practical application thereof. And my wife actually said something similar to this because I used to write a lot. I used to write essays and essays and I used to describe all the ways I loved her in multiple four hour conversations right yeah, what a sweet I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some copies of this man what but she would she, it was a weird thing because she what a wouldn't romantic well yeah but it's romantic but it's four hours right oh you're what romantic I, she I, didn't care what, well, she did, <laughs> but but I, I could have said the same thing in an hour, and it would have still had the same impact. So do you And think- then she said something in response to me that took two sentences, and I just went, right, you know, hit me. So, like, for example, with, with Pastor Brad, he's talking through Romans right now, going verse by verse. But it's interesting. To okay, me. Romans is an exception to that rule, dude. Oh, yeah. Romans, you could spend hours and hours and hours on a single right. verse, dude. That right. there's so much being said there that is like mind-bogglingly deep. It's not like you know, First Corinthians. Okay, <laughs> different book, and they hit very, very differently. differently. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you think that um, when people come to church. For the entertainment side, which is included in that emotional side, Whoa. do you think they come? That is forsaking the gathering of the assembly. Wow, they're there, but are they really? You're, you're there? not James. There. James is just the Enola Gay flying over, dropping fat <laughs> are, atom bombs. They're man. there, but are they really? Wow, there for the are assembly. you invested? Are you actually emotionally? Well, at that point, if you're just invested. there for your entertainment, you're not there for Christ. No, you aren't. Right. Wow. If you're just there for the entertainment, you're not there for the brethren, which, by the way, is a second reason why you go to church. Pew warmers, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Man, that was, some, that was some truth bombs right there. They don't want to live church outside of the pew. Their church is the pew. Pew warmers. That's what they do. They come to church to listen to a lecture and leave. Maybe even that. They, some, people lose, some people, as soon as the lecture gets going, they, they lose the intention. They're only there for the entertaining part of the music. And then they're done. Yeah, what's, yeah what's I don't different? find any of it entertaining, though. To be honest with you, what's different between that and a Catholic mass, right? That's that's, and I I I say it this way gingerly, but I mean I see that out of the older generation of, we are morally obligated to go to church, and sit in the pew, 
And you, then we say you know, a funny. few amens here and there. But and there are people done. that and go that's to, not enough for their but kids. But there, <laughs> there are Baptists that do that. They go to church exactly because right. it's a part of their routine. Yeah. It's not a part of a lot of these. A lot of these Baptists didn't realize how Catholic they are. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> y'all They're didn't. Forsaking y'all the didn't know. The it's not until your kids grew up and started leaving church that you are like, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe why I did this was kind of important. Yeah, I know. I have a so I have a, a coworker who go okay. at his church that literally the people go there just because their parents had went to that church. Huh, that's not, been the case for a long time. They're not there invested. They're not there for Christ. They just go because it's what they've always done. It's a part of their, their. Can you tell me the difference between an Episcopalian and a Baptist? No. So why do why is there Episcopalians and why is there Baptists? Because that's what their parents went to. Yeah. Can you tell me the difference between Seventh Day Adventists? I know the difference, but I also get what you're getting at. It's not big. It's not a lot. <laughs> it's a different day, <laughs> different idea. Yeah. It's not a whole well, lot. That's, man. that's also why you see because it's it's the example that's been passed. It's part of the hero's journey stories where, you know, the old wise man takes the bundle of sticks or rope or string and, you know, puts them together and says, okay, you can have my inheritance if you break this bundle, right? And then they can't break it, and then they put it all apart, and they break easily apart, right? You you have to have a clear de- delineation of what the body of Christ is, but that's why, too, like, when, we, when I've talked to Pastor about a couple of different things, you know, our, our conversation has been the theology the the idea of salvation needs to be correct right you have to have unity in the church on the idea of salvation a couple other core topics like hey homosexuality is wrong you know if the bible says it just whisper it just whisper it uh they're they're eunuchs no you're not part of the church get out right <laughs> but on other parts, like more technical stuff that doesn't affect salvation, doesn't affect, then that leaves room for conversation, right? Because at the end of the day, through productive conversation, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned several things from Pastor Bailey um, that I view as extremely important. I, they're a core tenant of what I believe now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's adjustments that have to be made. But I feel like at the end of the day, if you have that core brotherhood in Christ that believes that we're all sinners, that we've been saved through grace, not of works, that anyone can boast, um, and a couple other very important things. Then I feel like that division needs to start start coming back in, and that's what you see among all of it. Because all the, <laughs> yeah, that's well. I mean, think I, about I, I think about think about this. Like Jay, um, you know, you and I have had a couple of conversations. Um, if we took everything that we believe, how much of it is going to be different? You and I. Ugh. I don't even want to. A giant. It's not even like it's so big. It could even be more than half of the things we believe total is going to be different between you and I. But you and I are friends. Because we have the same end goal and purpose. We have the same core beliefs, A. And these other things we recognize are not as important. When people get so hung up on things that aren't as important, that's when you start losing friends because of it. And it's you realize, man, you know what? You know what was more important than this thing that I believe? Having a friend. That's where he becomes forsaking. The assembly. assembly. Right. I don't believe everything that Pastor Bailey believes. Mm-mm. You mentioned that in classroom today. You're like, okay, you know, because I met, you know, I talked about uh, how I interpreted that particular scripture. And you said, well, here's the way our pastor interprets the scripture mm-hmm. because, like, it's not the same. We don't right. believe the same on every single thing. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly okay. And that's good. That is masculine. It's necessary. <laughs> it's masculine and necessary to be able to dictate what you believe and explain it coherently and listen to the opposing side's argument 
Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of ironing, sharpening iron comes from is disagreement. Because there isn't, when iron sharpens iron, aren't there sparks? Yeah, and there's heat and fire. (laughs) Friction, which leads to the sharpness of the blade, thereby uh, cutting, cutting and and being a formidable weapon, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just a rusty dull blade that has no use. Singular, inaction, inactionable. Yeah, well, that's kind of the funny thing. It's the presence of that excess metal that makes you not sharp. And once it's off, then you're sharp. Yep. So oftentimes it's the shedding of foolishness. It's the shedding of be- the you're shedding beliefs that aren't aligning with scripture that makes you more sharp. It's the shedding on both sides because it requires balance. It's the shedding of certain liberal ideologies and certain conservative ideologies. It's the shedding of capitalistic tendencies and communistic tendencies. You have to find a balance between everything. The thing is, is like we are all conservative. The reason we're conservative is because our society is overwhelmingly far left liberal, that it dangerously far left liberal. So in order to be balanced, we have to be conservative. Well, guess what, guys? If we lived in a fully, thoroughly capitalistic society, I'm talking like mm, 16, 1700s Europe, Y'all would not be conservative. We would not. We would be liberal. Y'all would yeah. be liberal. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So because you, you see, okay, well, child labor is having, you know, little kids dying in chimneys and being left there. Okay, yeah, is that a good thing? Or maybe we should have a little bit of liberality in our in our lawmaking. Balance. Right. This is where iron sharpening iron. You're talking about a knife. A knife doesn't get sharpened on one side. Nope. If it does, it can only be so sharp. It has to be sharpened on both sides. You can only cut one way. So we, in Christianity... There's liberal Christianity, which is has everything to do with the love and the freedom that Christianity brings. Yeah, and there's plenty of people that want to. And there's the law, the the necessity of judgment and righteousness. That's the other side. Mm-hmm. We have to have both to be balanced. There's a lot of people that want to forsake the uh, forsake the assembly just because of minor disagreements. But you're but at the end of the and day, and what I mean minor, I mean. The core shingles. values are the shingles same. on the roof. Okay, from the shingles. <laughs> right? But even then, right? Like Adam and I were talking about something the other day, um, a discovery we made together. And if people heard that specific thing, they it, uh, they they would disagree. But they but they people would leave over those disagreements, or they would break fellowship with him and I because of that. That belief. I don't remember the belief. Uh, well, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later because I'm but interested too. It's not. Um, apparently, it's going to break some I, fellowship to talk about to it. Actually, it could. <laughs> um, no, so I mean, I not between things, Adam and I. But. I have things that I've discussed with Adam on my beliefs that would rock some boomers' world. I had to consider whether or not I was going to break fellowship with Jay. I Did thought you? about it for a while. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's a couple of other red flags. Am I going to be? Am I going to be this guy's friend or not? You know, there's there's like, multiple. Uh, like, listen, Jay, it's it's been fun, but I think you need fun. to you need yeah you got need to go to Jay. a different church now. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, too, breaking fellowship over a false paradigm such as liberalism and conservatism mm. or um, foolish, yeah, is is foolishness because the facts are the same, right? The facts no, remain. Not. The facts don't align with my feelings, therefore they are not real. Yeah, you know, Shapiro wasn't the first one who said that. He's just the most popular, okay. Um, but I'm going to say that, um, <laughs> you know, breaking fellowship over that false paradigm of what I believe to be, I feel to be true, compared to the facts of this is God's word and I'd like to fellowship with some other people who are aligned with me. Because if, if they're not aligned with you, they're against you. It's karmic. Mm. Well, 
Ford versus Toyota. Um, I'm just having fun. No, no, no. I mean, there you go. But everybody loves everybody there loves the cars, right? Exactly. We can go to a car meet, and I can tell Jeremy how terrible his Ford is. Well, was in a junkyard now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But um, the reality is that that we like cars. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we could sit here and we could talk about computers all day. I love computers. I love electronics. I love um, that. You know, the processing and storage and all that stuff. All I heard was wing, 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 as you were saying that. I also just yeah, like cars, cars isn't my thing, so you guys get me all that. I don't know. What is your thing? I like Disney. cars. I like Disney's being able to drive thing. a car. A car. I, mean, I do like driving. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's why. As far as like the a red Hyundai the stuff that you guys do, like, you know, about like. You're going to get Like there. that tool you mentioned earlier today. Uh, when we were pulling into Panda about the, what'd you call it? The tire bouncer thingy, whatever. Mm, a balancer. Okay. A bubble but, balance. Uh, but that yeah, also, I had no idea what you were talking that about. That also is a exact, exact replica of Young Christian versus. Old Maybe Christian. I should break fellowship on that because of that. No, 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 no. Because because now <laughs> I'm being a stumbling block. You're you're, you're a married. Right now. You're a married man now, right? You're going to be looking at more things you can do by yourself on your own, right? Yes. Right. But before non-married. It's a little bit easier to go you have just somebody go spend that money go on it. Spend that money. So that is the milk versus meat process. Yes, sir. Right? Because some some young guy may break fellowship, or some let's let's not say young guy, because I've met young guys that are much more mature than some of the people in our churches today, some of the older generation, mm. um, on spiritual issues. Um, let's say an immature Christian may break fellowship with you on something that they consider to be like what pastor was talking about um, earlier with the um, eating at restaurants, eating alcohol. at restaurants with alcohol, right? Not a big deal to a mature Christian, mm-hmm. but to an immature Christian, big deal, big deal. Especially I'm going to break fellowship, yeah. right? So it's that mature. I can't hang out with people that don't do these things right, the way I right, do. Them. Right. Yeah. It's so it's that growth process that says, Hey, I'm a mature Christian and I understand that I have different convictions than you mm-hmm. on this, but I'm, we're still friends. We're still friends. We're still brothers. Right. Man, you're blowing my mind with this analogy right now, dude, though, because I want to, I want to throw this out there. Okay. If you're viewing this and you don't know what a bubble balancer is, I'll explain it. I'm going to explain to Jeremy right now. This, what a bubble balancer is. I'm sure it does is. something balance, like with yeah. balancing. So, right? so but. here's the truth. The truth that you need is your tires have to be balanced. Mm-hmm. If they're not, Fact. they're going to wobble when you get 50 miles an hour. While you're down, going down the road, going on it's one. terrible. Okay, you don't want that wobble. So, what is an immature, a milk person to? He takes it to a guy who knows what he's doing. Says, "Hey, balance my tires." He says, "Bet twenty-five dollars I'm gonna balance your tires." But you get it back. It's a good deal, by the way. And it's not balanced. Right. I've had this experience. Well, that's mechanics he in general, He didn't do a right? good they job. To bring you... He didn't do a good job balancing my tires. And I'm like, okay, well, now what are my options? My options are spend another $25 to have somebody else maybe do it right or maybe not. Or I meet up. I'm going to get some meat and make it happen myself. So then I yep. go to Harbor Freight. I get a bubble balancer. Yep. A bubble balancer is a thing you set your tire on and has a bubble leveler. You know what you use a bubble level for to see the table's level or whatever? It's got a little bubble, and you make sure it stays in the center. If it's not in the center, you add weights to the rim to make it center line. This is how every tire was balanced since the beginning of cars until we have not modern-day digital balancers, okay? I bought one. I balanced all the tires with it, and it worked perfectly fine. That was the meat. I had to do it myself. Now, some people can get away with having somebody else do it. Some people for a while can get away with letting their pastor control the parts of their life that they need to take control of. Yep. 
That's what it is. Well, I'm pawning off the balancing of my tires on somebody else. Yep. For an exchange, because do you mm. feel your time is more valuable, or you know something like that? Sure. So pawning off your yeah. spirituality, yes. pawning off your spirituality Fantastic. on your spiritual leader, right? Yeah. I'm not as good a mechanic as that guy is. Definitely, he's he's changed a lot more tires than me. He knows what he's doing better than I do. Yep. I could let him balance my tires. Yep. But I've had bad experiences. So what do I do now as a mature mechanic? I'm going to just do it myself because I know that I'll do it right. Exactly. How many churches, and I, I know, Jeremy, I, you may not be as analogous to this, but I know Adam can at least relate. How many churches have we been to where, where we walk away, you feel like something's not right, and then you it clicks like a couple weeks later, and you're like, I know what I felt was wrong. I know that that was wrong, but I was just kind of listening at the time. I have had that happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, I've, I've heard like guest preachers come in and say yeah. stuff, and then you're just like, well, that's that isn't not, That feels a little off, that feels and off. you have to think about it. I'm, yeah. We're reading after certain commentators. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's not what that says. Right. Commentaries, so, man. They say some hilarious stuff. They really Some are really good. good. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, that is you, you should be a making the making the. What Adam's snarky Bible? I don't know. <laughs> um, Adam will be like, "This is what it says. Do it." Yeah, <laughs> your opinion is irrelevant. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, you know, how much of that is taking the meat and saying, "I don't agree with you. I don't know why. Let me figure out why." Yeah, exactly. That's where it starts, right? So you're talking about. Um, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, prudence, mm. all of this stuff, that's the that's what's being taught here. So the truth is that you need to balance your tires. Well, right. I don't know how to do that, so I need to gain knowledge. And once I have that knowledge, I can understand it. Mm. Now I understand how everybody's tires are balanced, yeah. and I can understand how my tires are balanced. Wisdom is a pop applying that understanding right. to your own tires. Prudently, yeah. right? Because previous podcast we were talking about prudence and wisdom um those prudence is using a bubble balancer over a fifteen hundred dollar um right digital balance but prudence is also on the other hand knowing wow you know if i if i have to balance my tires it's going to take this much time right um in my industry we work i work in a service industry our determination on whether we're used or not is often whether the cost of our services is less than the value of the time and energy that somebody would spend using doing their our services for themselves, right? Mm. So you go to a tire balance guy like you did, twenty five dollars is a steal, by the way. Um, yeah, he was good too. Economy, um, but I was going to say, you know, your time and effort were more valuable spent on other things. You felt fine spending twenty five a tire with this guy because he knew what he was doing. It was quick. It was efficient. It was easy. Um, and your time value proposition was acceptable. Well, on the other hand, if he was charging, oh, let's say double that, $50, right? Your time value proposition is, done it. is yeah. a no-go, right? So it's it's determining part of masculine processes here are determining what is the best and most valuable use of your time in that time money proposition um, factor there. And I feel like that's also something that comes into, like, for example, what we were talking about here earlier in terms of, like, uh, church. Like, your time is the, the reason that so many men, so many people are neglecting the assembly is because they feel like the assembly isn't valuable enough to them. 
either it's something that they don't feel is applicable to them or they feel like they're being preached at or they feel like they can do other things with their time that are more valuable than the assembly. What our job is, is to make that assembly as valuable as possible through either convincing persuasion or if there needs to be an adjustment made. Say it, Caps. Go for it. Pastor's not here to defend himself. I'm not talking about pastor. Oh, my goodness. Dude. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you are not. You are advocating for him, and I was going to advocate against him, but he's not here. He bust through the door. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> <laughs> Boom. What did you just say? <laughs> you talking to me, boy? <laughs> All right. Not in my house. I do not consider church to be about preaching. I do not consider hmm. what he does on Sunday preaching either. Hmm. Preaching hmm. literally is sharing the good news. Okay. Not everything in the Bible is good news. The Bible's theme is good news. <laughs> There's a lot of it that's bad news. There's a lot of it that's bad news. The theme of it is good news. Okay. And the theme of it, everybody is supposed to preach. I don't think there are qualifications to be a preacher other than having the Holy Spirit inside your heart. To be a preacher is to tell people about Christ. There's a difference between a preacher and a pastor. Absolutely. Right. Now we're Absolutely. talking here, all yes. right? So a pastor is a shepherd. Yep. Now we've got qualification issues. Now it's about teaching. Now it's about guiding. Now it's about protecting even. Now it's a full-time job. <laughs> now we need to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Very little, by the way. <laughs> yes. True. So I know that, um, that our pastor is a good preacher by you know whatever metric people measure this by um but that is not what makes him valuable to me right what he does up right. there shockingly i can do it on my own right. if i really want to now do i do it to the level that he does it no because he's actually like way smarter than me but i can read the word of god Right. I can teach myself its truths with the Holy Spirit's help because that is what the Holy Spirit does. It teaches us the things of God. Mm -hmm. It says that in 1 Corinthians. That is the Holy Spirit's job. When I come to church, it is not to be preached at, to be preached to, right. or hear preaching. Preach it. Or, now, now, now we're talking about, okay, well, what about teaching? Yep. Because that's what you do. You're not a preacher, you're a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you said? No, no, you're doing the same thing he's doing up there. Okay, you're teaching. When he's up there, he's talking, going through Romans, he's teaching. Not preaching. Preaching is when I said that the thing that makes us unified is Jesus Christ. That was not teaching. That was preaching. That was lifting okay. up Jesus Christ. So, that is preaching. Okay. So you can almost do everything that he can do. So that... <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you can't... So so you can do the preaching part, right? But he's his calling is specific to leading the flock. To be a pastor. Right. And right. there's qualifications for that. Right. So yes, I can't do everything that he can do because he is a pastor. Right. Teaching? But the teaching part, yes. Yes. I think when it comes to teaching, there there might be... Well, that, you teach your home, right? You teach I do. I am a and, teacher. I do teach at home yeah. and I do teach my chapel. And everybody is a teacher too because of that. But he is specifically a teacher and pastor of the flock. But that goes back, let me amend my previous statement then, talking about preaching and, and talking about the value-add proposition, right? Mm -hmm. Pastor is a good teacher with knowledge gained from experience yes. that I would define as valuable, which therefore balances the amount of time that I spend at church. Right? The, the argument that I was making was the reason that I go to church is not because the value that it adds to me. 
Now, we, you and I can have different reasons we go to church, and I think right. that's reasonable for that to be yeah. the case. The reason I go to church, first of all, uh, there, there, there's, it's a step-by-step process of the reasoning. There can be an evolution of process, too. There can be it is. going from one to the next. It, it, it absolutely, you're right about that, but it's always for me, it's at the same time. So, okay. for instance, I came to church because I knew it was the right thing to do. Yep. Is it the right thing to do? Yes. Do yep. I st- still currently go to church because it's the right thing to do? Yes, basic kind level. of. But on a, on a very basic level, right. that's the reason I go to church. Then it turned into... If I, so, so Jesus loves me, and I have no question about that. He really, really loves me, yes. and I do not deserve right. it. The only reason that I love Jesus is because he loves me. Right. That's the right. only that's reason. Why, that's he first thing. loved me, therefore I love him. Right. How do I love him? We talked about you don't really love your wife, not until you've been married for long enough where you realize it's not easy to do stuff for her, and then you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Then it's when you start loving wife. What about Christ? When you first meet him, everything about Christianity, you just, you gulp it down as quick as you can. But when that honeymoon phase is over, and now it becomes kind of hard, now people start looking (laughs) at you kind of weird and treating you poorly because you believe in this Christianity cult. You know, well, well, and then and then you start reading things in the Bible that make you feel a little uncomfortable and you realize he's going to make you give up stuff that you don't want to have to give up. All of that right there, well, that's when you start loving Christ. And I thought about, okay, well, how do I love Christ? Well, I'm going to love Christ by loving the things that he loves. He said that, actually. He said, um, if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Yeah. Okay? So if I want to love you Christ, the only way, naked. the only way for me to love Christ is to love what he loves. Mm-hmm. What does Christ love the most? What did he die for? Yeah, and it's not only it's not only what he loves the most, but it's how he loves the most, and it's sacrificial uh, a sacrificial. He love. died for the church. Yes, he says, "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved." So your the love for your wife is sacrificial, and gave himself for it. Right. So if he loves the church, I need to love the church. And then I was like, "Okay, well, how do I love the church? I love the church sacrificially." Yep. Okay, and for me, that meant I started mowing the yard around here. Mm-hmm. I did not want to do that. I had no interest in mowing the grass here. I did it because to me that was sacrificing myself so that every person that comes into this church could see a pretty lawn and be happy when they came in. That's what I mean, that's what that's what everybody everybody manicures their lawn. It makes you happy. You look at it, it looks pretty, yeah. you like it, you come in, you're happy. It's order, right. It's order and it makes you happy, it makes you feel content. Okay. I sacrificed my time and effort to mow the grass here for the church, for Jesus. So Matthew thirteen five parable so we all know it. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Right? Okay. Skip, skip, skip down to verse eight. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit: some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Fruit is stored energy, right? Yes. It's it's, it's the plant giving forth seed and sacrificing of itself all the nutrients to put into that single fruit mm-hmm. surrounding that seed, right? The plant isn't any better off for losing nutrients or stuff that it could have put into uh, leaves or branch or you know roots, but it does it because that is the way it's supposed to be. There mm-hmm. is supposed to be that when you, when the action is taken to produce fruit, um, I, I just tied that into to what Adam was saying of, hey, I'm putting my time and my effort and my resources into doing this to bear fruit, to be of 
uh, to do what I'm supposed to do, right? Because there's an inherent nature in us when Adam, I bet when you get done mowing that lawn, you feel good, man. You feel like I did this for Jesus. I feel like garbage, man. <laughs> well, wait, wait, throw it's that out. And it's sweaty. <laughs> no, you're right. I do. Yeah. It, it, you feel accomplished. You feel manly. I feel like I did something that mattered. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. There it is. That's it. And that is a manly feeling. Yes. Very masculine feeling. Yeah. To get done with something and think, wow, I did something that's last. Yep. You can just you could literally just do what I did and hit the table. Like, yep. Done. Good. Yes, sir. That's a good job. I just want to ruin your point a little bit. That's all. You know, Sorry. that's that's Adam's snark. It's an Adam. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's how Adam is. Yeah. <laughs> I love Don't that buy commentary. my commentary, man. It's going to make you mad. It's on my book show. It's reverse, it's reverse psychology. It's like, don't buy it. It's going to make you mad. And, and yeah. It's the Andrew Tate phenomenon. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I was like, it's going to make you mad. And everybody slowly reaches for the book. <laughs> make me mad. Pay me to be mad. I agree. I, I know why I go to church. Yeah. And I don't, it doesn't have to be everybody's reason, but I do encourage you to figure out why. Yeah. Because if you don't, when it Why becomes you hard, that? you'll stop. Yep. When it becomes too hard, you you'll stop. No roots. You That's exactly no roots. right. You have no foundation, therefore I your think, house gets blown away. I think what you said about the um, the the using the wife thing, right? It's good for a few years, and then after that, it becomes a little bit harder. That's exactly how Christianity is. You're right. It's exactly 100%. that way. It's so good and so easy those first years, and then after that. It becomes difficult. It why do you think? Hard. Why do you think it's in the qualifications of being a pastor? You're not to be a novice because a novice is a person that's so excited. They're so excited about Christianity. They're so excited about the Bible. They're so excited about church. They're just they're sucking everything in. They're eating All everything they can. Going it's just it. exactly. it's so fun. It's so great. Yeah. Well, that wears off eventually. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? You need hey. to be a mature Christian, a yeah. Christian that's going to stay with it, a Christian that's going to continue studying the Word of God even when after you've read the whole thing once. And that wearing off will cause them to forsake the assembling because right. they don't want to do it anymore. What are you talking about? Stony ground. Yep. Shooting up, then. Yep. That's exactly there's no right, foundation, man. And you used up, I take talking cars, you just put a nitro boost in, you used up all the nitro. <laughs> yeah. Right? And now your car, now you, you, you put your little. Uh, you need what, consistent boost. You put man. your little. Uh, I, I want to say the right words for it, but you, you hotboxed your Nissan and you put a little cherry, cherry bomb on the back of it and you put your little nitro. And now it's done and now it just sounds like it's... Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a... <laughs> that is not what hotboxing means. Well, I, I know what hotboxing means, but I was trying not to use the other words involved I, with yeah. that. <laughs> there are different reasons, you know, people can come to church but i think it ultimately comes down to one like your reasons you come to church has to sprout off of the one main exact reason yes and that's for christ that's if it doesn't christ. come from any that's other it. reason then you're going to church for the incorrect that's thing. exactly right and you know what there's a lot of people that do man i mean we can go through any church and there are people that are there to um to no give discord. out candy to kids yeah that's that's, that's there it. are people that are there <laughs> Jeez, in yeah. order to to have conversation with people because that's the only conversation they get in their entire life. Yep. There are people yep. that go to church in order to be heard yep. because at their job and at home nobody listens to what they say. There are people who go to church to sing because of the attention that it brings to them. There are people that go to church in order to be in charge of something because they have no authority in anything else, else. in their life. Yep. Mm. Yep. Need I continue? <sighs> mm. 
ah, you're slaying people. Destroying people. I'm just like taking out the sword and just chopping them up right now. Man. That is not the reason I go to church. If pastor comes to me today and says, hey, guess what, Adam? Um, We're moving in a different direction. You're no longer the song leader. You're no longer going to be part of the podcast. And you can't teach chapel anymore. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. That's not why I come to church. You don't do those things for pastor. I don't do them for him either. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. That was that was understood from the very beginning. Well, yeah. I do song lead for him because although if I don't do it, he's going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope so he he's actually so Adam's doing it for the congregation at that point. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but well, okay, so well, but I do look, think though. I'm better at him than at it. <laughs> I'm just so, saying that listen, Pastor though, Bailey has demeaned himself multiple times. Otherwise, we can I would use not that say though. As said, <laughs> listen, right? You come to church primarily number one. For Christ. Yes, sir. Your secondary reason is for the brethren. Amen to that. I come to church. Yes. I come to to church for Christ, number one, but then I also, number two, look for ways to help my brethren. That is how you love Christ. And so that's how you're helping your brethren. That is exactly right. I look at it as um, he's going to do it if I don't, and he's got way too many things on his plate, so I'll do it. And, you know, I've been trained. I went to Bible college. That was one of the classes that I took. It was a, a, a whole semester of song leading as a joke. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, it, what I learned in that semester was not terribly complicated. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I can do it, so therefore I do it. Right. Yeah. So. Forsaking the assembly. So stop forsaking the assembly because Adam just slayed y'all. Um, Take my chef's we knife. Need to, we need to encourage Gordon those Ramsay, that where's are, the lamb sauce, people? Come on. Idiot Two slices sand. of bread. Idiot you're an idiot sand. Sand. <laughs> you're an idiot Say you're an idiot sandwich. <laughs> but we do need I to... Let, so okay, it's so what so can we... It's so funny, man. I can't stop laughing every time I, I see the meme. What can we do? What can we say to those who are on the edge of forsaking the assembly? And not because they're doing it... Not And I'm not talking about people who are doing it out of... Like, because they're angry or... Well, maybe that not not to do it out of like malice reasons, right? But maybe they have been hurt, or maybe that they, or a that's, special. That's the reason. Yeah, I mean, realistically, somebody at church hurt them in such a way to make them not want to go to church anymore, mm. or that's the neglected. reason. Neglected or neglected. That is okay, hurting. But, so that, that was is your, hurting. That was your it's case. Not active. Then, it's a right? passive. That's everybody's. everybody's. I mean, how many times have I gone out and like, oh, yeah, do you have a church? You go to, you know, you, when we used to door knock, I don't really do that anymore at all. But when you used to do that, knock on the door, yeah, you have a church you go to? Oh, I used to. I don't go to church anymore. Well, why? Oh, yeah, I just, I think I've got church at home now. I think that's perfectly fine for me to do. You know, I, I just listen to it online because it's online and stuff. What's the real thing he's saying? What he's saying is somebody hurt his feelings at church. Somebody said something he disagreed with. He couldn't handle it. And he left and he didn't decide he decided he just wasn't going to go to another and to have that happen again mm-hmm. i don't blame anybody okay no. i'm not angry no. at you right. for being hurt i have been hurt at church a lot it's yep. happened to me a lot but i don't go to church in order for everything to be perfect in my life right i go to church because it's the right thing to do because jesus loves me and i want to love him by loving what he loves mm-hmm. which is the church Mm. And this is an audio podcast, so you didn't just see the five finger. Points I had five Adam, fingers, and it was they were really all good. five finger points. It was really good, um, but that is something too. Is you know the question that Jeremy's asking here is, hey, how do we retain people to church? And to be quite honest, you're not going to retain all of them. 
But how do you retain the good seeds, like people that would be a good addition to the church? And that's simply by not not just loving on them, but being interested in the brethren, um, finding, finding mutual interests, finding mutual ways to encourage, um, not babying or coddling, but, hey, I'm invested in you because you're a brother in Christ. I care about your needs as a brother in Christ. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. And then the, 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 so the, the light, light, um, what is it? Stony ground Christians will weed themselves out. Jay, Jay's, Jay's nicer than I am about all this stuff. Yes, I am because I'm, Jay's a nice guy. I'm able to, I'm able to invest that way without having too much blowback. <laughs> because Adam's actually nicer than I am because a lot of the times my investment or my conversation may not be completely genuine. Like my conversation may be I appreciate I'm, you saying that. I'm I'm being I am just trying to find something mutual between us that I can keep your you, you interested in. I'm not really interested in the subject you're talking about. What I am interested in is showing you that I value you as a person. You hmm. do that with kids. Whenever my kids come and talk to you, I can tell that you do that. You're not interested in what they have to say, but you're interested in them. Yes, I am. And they know that. So yep. it doesn't matter what they're saying, no. what they're learning is Jay's interested in what I'm having to say, therefore he's interested in me. Right. Because because the human in the equation just like I view it as God for some reason, for some unknown reason, values my input or values me talking to him. Right. And me asking him for mind blowing. Just it's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But in the same way, I know that I love I love Adam's little kids. I love them to death, man. I love all these little kids. I love even I don't love the 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 ones that run around like crazy all the time. But in in the same way, I still love them. Those are my kids. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about your kids. Um, They do that all the time, every Sunday. They're good kids, though. uh, But but I I don't even I don't even differentiate. I just view it as okay. This is how God views me. Like I'm a little kid jabbering on about my work sucks. Please help me. (laughs) And he's like, look, I got it covered, man. Like this is not. I love that. Right. But at the same time, if a little kid comes up to me and is talking about something that they're interested in, I'm like, let's do it, man. Let's And let me help you grow. Yeah. I love that. That's interesting because it may not be interesting to you or real to you, but it's very it's real, real to them. To them. Right? Very real. And if I, if I want my father to listen to me, then let me go ahead and listen to I these love little that. ones and grow yeah. them. Because he may... It may seem really small and tiny to him, but he knows how big it is to you. He, he knows does. that I'm he crying knows my that. eyes out at night trying to, or pulling my hair out, what little is left. Yep. You know, he knows that. But at the end of the day, he's like, I have a good plan for you, man. I have a good plan. But you know what? I'm going to take the time and just talk to you, talk it out. Here's, you know. It's funny because he already knows the end result. Oh, he really That's does. That's the best part about yeah. it. And I know the end result of talking to Adam's kids. And even when they say something that's absolutely wrong. Right. I don't care. I'm not trying to correct them. I'm just trying to help them think through it to come. Yeah, to you're conclusion. guiding their thought process. Right. Yeah, right. man. But of course, I also if it's a if it's an important thought process, I ask Adam's permission, things like that, or, or talk about right. what that what makes I talk sense. About with Adam. Right. However, at the end of the day, it's just hey, I'm invested in you. You know why? Because you are a child of God. You are a creation that is innocent. I have a way easier time doing it with kids than adults. Um, because adults, I'm like, you should know better, but oh, well, I'll still listen. That's probably, that's probably the reason I like teaching chapel so much. 
I, I totally vibe with what you're saying right now, Jay. I 100% vibe with it. It makes sense. And the way you put it as far as like, I'm going to treat them the way I would want God to listen to me, that is so beautiful because it's true. We can only ever come to God as humble little children mm-hmm. yep. that are fully dependent upon our Father. Yeah. Fully dependent and upon Him. He said him. that's the way He likes it. That's yeah. the only he said way you can. He be as one of these little ones. Yep. That's the only way to get you the think, kingdom. You think you're going to you're gonna pray to God like that Pharisee was praying in front of everybody? No. He's not hearing what you're he saying. No, sir. You come to him <laughs> he prayed with like himself. the publican did, yeah. beating his own chest with humility. Mm-hmm. You don't come before the God of creation and stand up like a man. You come to before him like a child yeah. because that's what you are. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the... No room for pride. Of, that's right. No, there is no... There's no shameful. room for pride before God. Mm. <laughs> the the one who knows uh, what I thought about in my deep, deepest darkest times the every one who knows. single thought oh, you've yeah. ever had he knows and all he, of them he ponders them he po- too that's that's the thing is you know I get scared knowing that the angels watch what oh, about yeah. God like the the ultimate judge who has mentioned that his wrath is there like his wrath is current it is there he just holds it at bay right. Like, I, I view it as, wow, praise God for his goodness and his mercy and that he actually cares enough about me that he'll take my stupid little thought process and try to mold it to something better. I think we need to wrap this one up. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> Yeah, we're done. This that is was, a two-parter for sure. That was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. conversation. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Maybe we just needed to just to... Sp- Hit, hit record and start going. That's what I did. It kind of worked out. Well, let's see what the uh, response to it is. Yeah, you know, and kind of make decisions yeah. from there. At, you know, just just let, link your comments in the chat. Like and subscribe. Uh, all those leave questions. Things. Leave questions, man, because that's that's the important provoking questions. That's that's this way is fun is to me. This right. way is fun because like we're all different, and that we are. We are all very different. Some and of psychotic. I'm glad. Psychotic. I'm glad I'm different from Jay. I'm you know, I think we're getting into the whole publican versus Pharisee part there. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm, I'm glad I'm not as this publican <laughs> J. I'm glad as I'm not like both of you. <laughs> we have multiple multi-tiered strategies. I don't look down upon you from here. Um, no, there was a trying. No, <laughs> no that, that Venn diagram that Venn diagram is the part of the reason of having the discussion and being able to bring in comments from other people. Leave a comment. Leave, leave something to discuss because you're going to get some real dudes talking about real stuff that you may not have thought before. I'm a real person. These other guys might be lizard people. I know that I'm real. I current, I, I detest that statement. I'm actually an NPC. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, you right. would, they would never put you in a game. <laughs> a horror film? <laughs> <laughs> you might end up in Red Dead Redemption. I don't know. I like that game. I, I, I could see Jay being a character in Red Dead. What the guy in the cave? No, uh, it's oh, a, a western. <laughs> I know. He knows. I don't but live was, under a rock. Okay. There was a guy, and this is when we have to talk about off air. <laughs> All right. Bye.